Hello, folks. Today, Matt and I sit down and discuss the great resignation that's going on and why it is a perfect opportunity to become an entrepreneur and certainly to look at a franchise opportunity like Alloy. Check it out. Welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, where we'll share our insights on how to make more money, how to help more people, and how to be a better leader for your business and your community. We've been in this game since 1992, and we'll share our successes and failures along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How was uh, Vegas? It's been like that long since we uh, shot a podcast. That's right. Oh, you literally has. had to take a week off. <laughs> I did. We did. Yeah. I went to Vegas and I had to take a week off when I got back. I needed a vacation from my vacation. So it was long great. to go for, what, two days? Uh, well, two actually, days? we were there Thursday through Sunday. Yeah. That time change, that was brutal. Yeah. We saw a show. We had dinner with some friends from the industry, and then we went to my buddy Frank Nash's wedding which was crazy. Frank's always fun and crazy. So his wedding was this was very similar. It was awesome. Yeah. I saw some pictures. They look great. I mean, I, I, I know Frank a little bit and I knew it would be, uh, off the, off the charts. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you walk out to ACDC with sparks and smoke flying and you're the one holding the smoke gun and then <laughs> mid dance floor time, the Jabberwockies come out and join your, join your crew. Oh, yeah, that's Surprise. Awesome. They come out of the back and start break dancing. I was like, who are these dudes? They're wearing like suits made out of lights. Did and you stuff. show them your moves? I did not. The six count beat boy or whatever? You know, I did not because they were really getting with you it. You still got that? Of course. I mean, you, you kidding know. me? Eighth grade breakdance team champion right here. Only person on the team. Only person. No, there was, <laughs> there was two other guys, but I mean, we all had our like specialty, you know, but the one guy that would always bring it home. And by the way, we would do this at a place called, God, I can't remember the name of it. It's basically like whatever Chuck E. Cheese used to be called like in the 40s when I was a <laughs> when I was a small child in the 1930s, during the Depression, there was a Chuck E. Cheese, and I don't remember what it's called. It's called a factory? Yeah, yeah it's the factory floor. It's how we made money to eat, <laughs> to feed the family. But we would we would go and break do these breakdown shows. We had matching Adidas sweatsuits, super cheesy. This was like the birth of rap music as well. So it's like all the you straight know, Run DMC. Sugar Hill Gang. Oh, yeah, Run DMC. Like I went to a Run DMC concert in high school. I was literally the only white person in the entire – it was the Omni here in Atlanta, I was the only white person there. I bet that was a blast. Digging it. <laughs> yeah, I was getting a few looks like, what are you doing here? But it, I had a good time. <laughs> and then uh, and uh, this guy would come out and he would always, you know, like, okay, so you, you would have like a battle, right? So like the other team would come out and they would do their moves. And then like, depending on what their specialty was, like well, somebody on your team would have to go out and like battle them, right? And I know you're dying real? just thinking about this. Yeah, this, like, this, no, really no, this is real. This is for real. Okay. So you stand around the edges, just like you see in the cheesy movies, right? <laughs> and you're standing around the edges doing your thing. Yeah, just just like beatboxing, just ready, you know. And then like some dude would come out. He'd like just step out and do like his thing. And then you'd have to like step out and do like something similar to him, but better. <laughs> and then the show closer for us was we had this one guy on our team. And he honestly couldn't do much, except he could do all this stuff on his head. Like he could spin on his head. And the, the killer was he would come sliding out across the floor on his head like in a handstand and he would be walking and then he would be walking his feet through the air. So it looked like he was walking upside down and he would just slide across the floor and everybody would go nuts. Free pizza. <laughs> Killed Free it. Pizza. That's all we would get. Kill the own that Chuck E. Cheese. We went there so many weeks in a row. He had a bald spot on his head from sliding across <laughs> the floor. Cause he'd always be like, ow. And we're like, suck it up, man. Got to do this it. Take one grade? for the team. Eighth grade. What happened? Why'd the career die? 
Nah, I don't know. I kind of grew out of it. I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Once we hit the national stage, the competition was too tough. <laughs> too Realized we didn't have it. Once we hit the inner city of Atlanta and, and the kids from Compton came out for the big competition, we were toast. That's actually a story I've never heard. That's great. Yeah. No, hey, man, listen, it's, you got to be athletic, you know. <laughs> I'll show you sometime. <laughs> I'm sure it'll make you laugh. Now that I'm 230 pounds of jackness move like an armadillo everything in your body moving like an armadillo yeah yeah my first little spin around i do i'm pretty sure something's gonna give away <laughs> but you know uh, speaking of breakdancing and uh, new things in your life uh today i want to talk about what the media is calling gosh what are they calling it resignation the great resignation yeah. and basically what that means as you guys can imagine is people are leaving their job so they're they're resigning and I think it makes sense when you look at it through the lens of like servers, people in those industries that are just hard, difficult jobs in general, maybe don't give you as much self-satisfaction as, as some other careers. Um, I think it's natural to understand like why if you took stock of where you are while you had this break, you might be like, eh. but what's really interesting is that's not the only, it's the largest percentage sector that's lost jobs, but it's also the one that was most heavily affected by COVID. So like really for people who literally couldn't work. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's also a lot of folks that are in seemingly professional careers like mid-level management or, you know, you're the CFO of a mid-level company and you're in, and you're just like, God, you know, do I really want to do this the rest of my life? This is so not fulfilling. Right. right. And so you're looking for something else. And I, I think when we take a step back and we say, why is that happening? You say COVID, but yet the people that are not in an industry that was drastically affected, why would they be leaving? And I think what it boils down to is something that we've talked about at different times on the podcast, where anytime there's a major change in someone's life, it's an opportunity to change habits and to develop new patterns. And it gives you time to sometimes take stock of where you are, and where you want to be. So when we look at what normal things that happen in everyday life, not a pandemic, which is certainly a unique event, but, um, you know, like having a baby, right, mm -hmm. or uh, moving. And what big retail has done a great job of and what they've always understood is if you can get someone while they're transitioning. So if you move, right, to a new home and or a new state or new neighborhood, whatever that is, you're going to start shopping in different places. And then you can develop all new habits. Like you're going to maybe join a different gym and you're going to find a new lawn care. So, you know what I mean? You're going to do all these things. And so once you get those things in place, you're not going to change that much. You probably always go to your favorite Publix or like right. I always joke about me. I live two miles from the gym. My whole life is, it, it revolves around these two miles. I only make right turns. You know, literally I go one way to get here and then the other way home. So I'm like UPS. I only make right turns. I'm very efficient. And so I can't imagine changing that. And I think once when you can get someone in that transitioner period and you can grab a hold of them, then you're in a good spot. And so, you know, a great example of that, what was the book where they talked about, um, power of habit, power of habit. That was it. Yeah. Great book, by the way, for anyone that hasn't read it or highly recommend it. They talked about target using data to figure out when people were pregnant. Cause, um, I think the, the quote that the target CEO used was if you can sell them diapers, you can sell them everything. So what he knew is, or what they knew was having a baby is a pivotal change in anyone's life. And mm -hmm. if a new mom is going to target to buy diapers, because that's the sort of advertising that she's getting while she's there, she's not going to then make a separate trip to go to her favorite grocery store. She's probably going to get everything at target, which if you look at the massive amount of customer base they have, it's like, that's a hugely impactful, right? Mm -hmm. Habit change. So what do they do? They clamor to be first to get on that sort of radar for that 
pregnant, you know, mm-hmm. female to say like, all right, I'm going to start shopping here. And of course they used all kinds of data to yeah. do it. It's a little bit creepy actually. You guys should read the book and find out about it. Isn't that the one where the dad got started getting like upset at Target because they were sending him uh, his daughter like baby stuff? Yes. And then he found out she was actually pregnant? Yes. And yeah. so, and what they did essentially is they had enough people that had registered for baby registries at mm-hmm. Target so they could go backtrack and they could take that data from people that they knew were pregnant because they were signed up in a baby, baby registry and overlay it over the shopping habits of their regular customers who were not in registries. And they could start to see patterns on yeah. buying habits. Like if you're buying folic acid or, you know what I mean? Whatever those things are, it's like, hmm. So sure enough, the, to your point, you know, the, the kind of icky side of that was that they sometimes knew when people were pregnant before like right. other people in their family did because of their buying habits. And so there was a story in there about a high school girl and she was buying things that would indicate that she was pregnant and target was sending her print ads and stuff yeah. to her home that were addressed to her and they were all about baby stuff. Right. And so the dad got upset and he took the advertisement with her name on it to the retail store. Now, mind you, the poor manager, he doesn't even know corporate's doing this <laughs> right. as like a test initiative, right? Right. <laughs> and he's like, why would you send this? To my daughter goes like, I didn't send it. But it turns out she was pregnant and the mom knew, but they were kind of keeping it from the dad. They hadn't wanted to, bre- they didn't break it to him yet. And that's how we found out targets creepy data. So, <laughs> but I think we're it's target here, but <laughs> no, but, yeah, I guess props to them. Right. And if they, if they, they had her, I mean, they were selling her baby stuff. And so they're probably going to get her for groceries and everything else now. You know? <laughs> so, but if you look at that, that's a big change in someone's life. It's a great time to get their habits. Same thing with moving and there's some other instances, but I would say there's nothing more impactful to people's lives than a pandemic, right? It fits into that same category of like life changing event. So it forces you to kind of take stock of where you are, maybe where you want to go, right? And what you want to do with the rest of your life. Cause I mean, it, it sort of rattles your paradigm of like security and this is every, everything works this way. And all of a sudden it's like, wait, uh, like it's a thin veil of security that we're on. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not what we thought it was and it can be disrupted at any moment. And so I think it just kind of makes you take stock of where you are and maybe a little bit of your own mortality staring you in the face and you're like, oof, is this what I want to be doing the rest of my life? Well, the good news is, you know, when you look at the, the upside, certainly for us as a franchise is that there's a lot of people that are looking for what's next in their life, new careers, something with meaning, which certainly fits kind of what our franchise does. So it's great news for all franchising and it's sort of the chatter we're hearing and sort of the broker networks that we're in that everybody's picking up steam as are we, you know, we're selling well. Um, so one in Nashville, I don't know if we've announced that yet. I no. know I announced it, but yeah. got another one in Nashville, which is an awesome market. So mm-hmm. you know, shout out to Susan for that. Um, our new franchisee there. But um, I think we're going to see more and more of that over the next you know year or two is just people that are like, you know, until we get stable again, this has been a huge upheaval in their lives, even if it's just, again, their paradigm and their lens on life is different. And so it's really causing people to step out and take right. a little bit of risk I mean, and do something they want to do. It, it put people in that position where they were out of, they had things were not in their control or what they felt they were in control, but they weren't, you know, something like this happens and then your job goes away or if you're, especially those lower level things that just don't even exist for a long time. So forces you change is uncomfortable. It's like you don't you don't want to change your route. You're going to stick with it until there's a roadblock, and then you're going to be forced to do it. And then that, that's where you make that. Yeah, but that's exactly what's happening. And so other evidence that that we're seeing is that I think um, if I read this correctly, more new business licenses have been applied for 
2020 and 2021 than the previous 10 years combined. Oh, wow. So while you think everything's going to hell in a handbag, right? It's like, oh, my God, the world is on fire because the media is inflammatory and people are all divided <laughs> right. and freaking out. And it's like, all right, if you can just like a little bit be a little bit more stoic about that and take a step back it's like there's a lot of people who are using this change and this sort of you know rattling of the cage to create better opportunities for themselves i think you said a, something good about the, you know what you thought you were secure in mm -hmm. i think even if you're sitting in a, in a corporate job this is not an era any longer where you're going to work for a company for a million years, you're unionized, you're not going to lose your job, and then you're going to work until this certain age, and then you're going to get a gold watch and a pension, right? Typically, it's not working that way for a lot of folks. And so, I'm corporate American, not at all. Exactly. I mean, you can, your company can be acquired, you could, and then you're now redundant and you're reduced, or, you know, again, you're, you're let go because of the redundancies. Yeah. And so, there's not as much security as I think people feel like there is, even if, and most of the folks that we're talking to are, they're, they're high operators. So, they're, high functioning individuals with a lot of they bring a lot of value to their position but I think I think still if you're if something like a pandemic hits and you just have a little bit of time now you're working from home and you're like do I want to do this you know like right. yeah. what am I doing with my life with yeah. yeah it just mm -hmm. gives you a chance to review and then you start to say well you know what I want to do something different and for someone certainly who's not been entrepreneurial in the past who wants a turnkey system franchising is a great option for them mm -hmm. so this whole uh, this whole you know change right now that we're seeing is going to be really, really good for franchising. It's just good for entrepreneurship in general, but it's great for franchising as well. And that's yeah. really all I wanted to touch on today was like, hey, if you're in the franchise industry or if you're also feeling like Ugh, things aren't really that stable for me, I'm, I might be looking to make a change. Now's a great time and you're not alone and you'd be, you'd be, you know, you should feel good knowing that there's all of these people that feel just like you do that are getting into new business opportunities. And now's a great time to do it. There's a lot of amazing things out there. Of course, first and foremost being Alloy, but there are some amazing opportunities out there for you. Only Alloy. As a matter of fact, you know, most of them suck. <laughs> so there's not any opportunities that are nearly as good as Alloy. And thank you, Matt, for bringing me back to the point and telling the <laughs> truth, being a truth teller. Yeah, when are we starting the breakdance franchise? Oh, you know, that's, I think we should like it because our, you know, our gym, our gym concept or our franchise concept really appeals to people 45 to 65 that have money. So I think if if I'm any indicator, there's probably even a subset of that population right there, boss. that really likes to break dance. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go after 50 plus break dance crews and we're going to do it in small groups because that's what you do. So this this <laughs> six, perfect. six to one ratio, three on three, baby, like, yeah, like we can you can practice in a three on three battle, but then you can take all six people out to the club oh. and straight up go at it. Right. <laughs> this will be huge. This is going to crush pickleball, by the way, like it's old going to crush pickleball. Pickleball is nothing on old people breakdancing. It's going to be amazing. So, <laughs> anyway, great idea. And, and yet another opportunity. Matt has had plenty of time to think about things during the pandemic. And as you can see, it's very fruitful. This is what he's come up with. Old people breakdancing business <laughs> model. So appreciate you, Matt. And we will talk to you guys next time. Peace. See ya. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, check us out at alloyfranchise.com for more information on the Alloy systems. Also, leave us a five-star review so we can spread the good word and help more people.